0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais from Ontario, Canada, with another episode of the Yacking Show. This is the show that sorry this is the show that provides you with a greater range of ideas and actionable business tips than you'll find virtually anywhere else in one place on the Internet. We always have interesting guests for you. Today will be no exception. But first, let me introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from down the road in Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit our website at theyackingshow.com. Click on the contacts tab. And simply um, fill in a very short application form. We will love, we would love to hear from you. So, as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Her name is Jody Williams. Hello, Jody. How are you? Welcome to. The I'm show.
2: good, thanks. Thank you very much. Happy to be here.
1: <laughs> oh, well, we're happy to have you. This is is going to be such an interesting conversation, folks, because Jody is a end of life doula. And a doula, for those of you who are not familiar with the term, is a companion to the dying and their loved ones. They are a non medical person who gives support physically, emotionally, and spiritually to someone else. The end of life doula's role is to be a supportive presence to the dying and their loved ones. So, Jody, just to begin, how do we, what, give us a little bit about your background and what led you to become an end of life doula?
2: Yeah, so it's definitely one of those things that you don't really grow up thinking, you know, I want to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> type thing, but um my dad um had um cancer um oh, 20 over 20 years ago and was ended up in palliative care. And just seeing, you know, spending time and seeing uh, you wait for hours for someone to come by and, you know, reaching out for someone like there's long legs in between. Right. Right. So since that time, you know, after his passing in and out of visiting other friends and other people in hospitals, you see. And then especially as we all know, with COVID, all things have just got so much worse. Right. Just and to no one's specific fault that works in this industry, but everyone's just run so ragged. So um, during COVID, I had previous to being a doula, I did support persons with autism group homes, and I was working a lot more from home. And I started doing some online training on things like things of interest. And I just came across after a couple uh, other trainings I was doing on doula givers, I found that and they first offered a day of free training. So I went into that and just was immediately like interested and hooked. And right from the beginning of the training, she goes, you know, when you know, right, it's not something like after the first 10 minutes that people are going to be comfortable with and think of it as something you know they want to do so ended up doing the the whole training and yeah and that was kind of you know how it all started like very kind of stumbled upon
1: the the idea of it well it is definitely a very uh it takes a very special individual to do what you do so um you know, kudos to you for that, Jody. Really, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> sure. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, so, for those in our audience, as Kathleen said, many probably don't know what an end of life dealer does. What What are the range of services you provide, then, Jody?
2: Yeah, so as you can imagine, everybody needs things a little bit different, but I really try hard to provide support specifically to what the family and the dying person needs, like their beliefs and, you know, what their needs are. Because everyone has different, some people stay at home, some people are already in hospice or in the hospital. So after, you know, I get in touch with people, then you just go from there and I can explain what I can do. I can do anything from just um, plan, doing advanced care plans to setting up steps so everyone's aware of what their wants and needs are. And so it's a a little bit more of a formalized process. So everyone's on the same page. Um, I can just sit vigil in the person when the family's, you know, busy and catching up on their own lives. And when they're exhausted and you want to give them a break, right? And just kind of help them out that way. It can help with like even light household chores and do groceries if they don't want to do it, like things like that. I can um, help with funeral planning. I can um, wow. um, help with the ind- the individual write some letters. You know, some people, you know, it's hard to say things in person, or there's people that aren't able to visit. That type of thing when hype letters, and 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 that usually grows. There's usually a lot of. Um, conversations and come up with a person unwell of of their guilt right people always know i should have done this i wish i did that so working through that which at the end does help resolve to have what can be known as a good death right you feel more relieved and more resolved
1: and it's you're settled which makes it a lot easier in the family as well Do do you also help um you said you mentioned that you also you help with funeral planning but there's um there's also, uh, you know, institutions that need to be keep contacted. Do you help with that or at least plan? Oh, out? Yeah, it's more like
2: getting the resources because okay. usually the family, they're overwhelmed enough as it is, oh, right? So sure. I'm just getting some phone numbers and email addresses, that type of thing, get organized for them Yeah, or write help write eulogies, those little things where there's already so much going on and, you know, feelings and emotions are everywhere. So just try and keep people on track and just, So. Just-
1: you you get on board from the moment somebody picks up the phone and says I have somebody in palliative care uh we would really love your services but you're not you're there from that po- point right up until if that's what the family wishes some yeah. you know
2: it could be just they just want help the advanced care plan which is fine you know and they're okay to continue on on their own from that point
1: point. So and when all... you say an advanced care plan um what is involved in in saying a care plan? What, what what are some of the things? Yeah, so there's a
2: wide range in those kinds of questions. And, you know, there there's a lot of good websites if uh, everyone wants to look up to just, you can print those off, they're free. And it's just really a variety of questions reaching from, you know, the big questions, like, do you want to be monitored in the hospital? Do you want to be hooked up, you know, to breathing and eating, all those kinds of things to like simple, basic things like, If you're not feeling well, do you want a certain type of music playing? Or do you want a certain scent in the room, right? Different things. If you're not able to have your voice anymore, you don't want someone in there, like a caregiver coming in, spraying like a rose scented that you don't like, right? So even those little details go a long way. Mm. Or just like I said, like music. Like you could be somebody putting some nice music they think is relaxing for you. But what if you hate opera, right? So it's nice to have a really thorough, right, of information where anybody can easily reach out and see what your preferences are when you no longer you don't longer have your voice and Mm.
1: you're not just in the home with a family you you're if the person is in a long-term care facility or palliative in in a hospice or even at the hospital you can still get involved is that right yeah definitely so do you find that um people are becoming more receptive to having the presence of a of a of a doula uh, to assist a loved one in the end of life.
2: Yeah. So since it is still a very a fairly new mm-hmm. right area to be in, I, I do have to there's a lot of explaining and, and always when I do kind of explain and you always know, have to keep in mind, you know, even death people usually you know get their backs up. So you know explain gentle and go into it mostly the reaction like 99% is like oh I wish I knew this from before or when my grandmother my aunt right people have all these stories I didn't know there was such a thing right so it is you know getting that word out a lot so that's the main thing right now is like educating and and advocating that you know there's people out there to help and there's support and we can take a little bit of that stress off of you
1: Mm -hmm.
2: so it's 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 getting there it's not where it needs to be where everyone just you know oh yeah I know somebody or I use that right because it is so new Right. right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- so, Jody, what's the history of of people using uh, an end of life dual in North America? I, I would guess if we were to go back two hundred years or more, um, a lot of what you do was done by a priest in conjunction with older family members because communities were more sort of tightly knit, um, and and that of course changed over the after the Industrial Revolution. So, what, what's the history been?
2: Yeah, definitely. So still in many countries outside of North America, it is still a lot of the family members, right? Like a lot of Mm -hmm. family members still live all together. And so North America, as we know, it's just become fast paced and go, go, go. And if you can't take care of your senior family members anymore, right, you're kind of just put into a resident care home. That's kind of the way of where we are right now. So I think initially things started around 2017. There was a group of people that came together with different backgrounds and experiences and it's a national um, end of life doula alliance association, and they created you know this information to get out there and start training doulas as a profession. So it's yeah, so it started primarily in the states, and because I think it, it's taken off in the uh, states a bit quicker because they're very used to paying for their medical care is so different. Mm-hmm. They pay if they need to see a physio right physio chiropractor those kind of things where in Canada a lot of our you know a lot of occupations that can be covered right with some medical care where dual care is not yet in Canada so that's kind of the bit of the obstacle we have more in Canada but definitely yeah getting the information out there is a big piece and sharing the word there is definitely even I've noticed like more of like a death awareness things that I've come across that you hear once I you know every so often you hear something like there's an article in the paper or a magazine or a movie and they're mentioning doulas you're like oh <laughs> right. It's exciting because it's, you know, this is what we need to get out there and it should be a, a common conversation, right? It right. doesn't, you don't need to wait until, you know,
1: grandpa's dying.
0: right? Absolutely. That.
1: So yeah. I, I'm curious if I were to call you up uh, in the event of a loved one that's in palliative care, what steps would you first take with me? Just so that gives our, our listeners an idea of what to expect when they pick up the phone and call you for the first time.
2: Yeah, so I think it's very important to meet in person, you try and do that, because, right, most likely person's in a bit of shock, Mm -hmm. right, and they're, you know, very delicate emotions, so you meet, and it's very important to try and meet, like, where the person is, like, there could be stages from, like, they're in disbelief, they don't believe it, or they think the diagnosis can change. Right. There's some of that or they they have no idea what to do. Or some people are very, you know, very, very open and welcome. Yeah, whatever. Like, let's walk this through right from the beginning. They want to make steps. So wherever that person is at that first meeting, right, kind of gauge from there and let them kind of guide what they need at that point, what we can start planning small steps and see how far we need to go but then yeah and and going through all the things i can help them with and also giving them a bit of information on what to expect because if no one's been around someone very ill like there's stages right everybody goes through you know like i said initially you have some shock right and then hopefully there's a little bit of understanding that comes with that and then during the transition phase when someone is so ill you see they're going to fade away and that's totally normal and natural and it's to be expected right and and they are going to not have as much energy they're going to be more bedridden like all those steps so people are a little bit more prepared when they see it coming
0: Mm, interesting yeah so what are what are some of the big changes you've seen in since uh, you got involved in 2017 in the way that end of life is being handled there's been big changes
2: yeah so i think just kind of like what i mentioned i do see here and there uh like mentioned in movies there's been a couple movies about specifically around doula care and in some articles and stuff. And I, at first I kind of thought it was, you know, when like you first have a new car, you see everybody else with that car, or, you know, when you first your, have your baby, you're pregnant, you see everybody else that's pregnant. So I thought it was kind of that because all of a sudden I'm hearing, but the more you look into, you see these are all newer articles and newer movies, which didn't happen before. So even books, there's more books being written, even just not even like fiction and nonfiction. So it is coming a lot more to the forefront in the news, which is really nice. And right? It's what needs to happen. And there's also a really good um, outlet for people who haven't heard about, like I said, the death movement, there is a, a death cafe mm-hmm. that that started, yes, yeah, so if you're familiar with. So that's yeah. also a really good starting point. I like to even tell people who don't need my services or just don't have anybody in their family who is unwell, but just to kind of have a safe place to have a discussion about death and questions and just listen and feel where you can, you can learn a little bit, you can feel a little bit better and, and realize most important thing is to make the most of your finite life because as we all know this is inevitable it's going to happen we should be planning for it
1: that's right that's right go ahead peter
0: no i was going to ask jody being in cambridge um at one time we gave a bit of help to a i think it was called a home hospice movement um and they wanted a little bit of help from us on the organizational side I think going back a few years and then we had so much on our plate we, we had to leave them to their own devices are they still going do you know is that uh, something well, that's happening I'm basically more
2: involved with like Lazard and Innisfree um, Hospice I have visited one in Guelph as well And there's a Wellington one. So there's a lot of different names out there, but they're all, yeah, they're all all wonderful, wonderful places. And that's the other thing when you you see the families come there and they don't realize, they're like, oh, I didn't even know these places existed, right? Until you have someone in your life, they don't realize this is an option. And it's such a relief when the families come in and see, you know, there's nurses 24 seven and care and they can just come and visit spend quality time go home and take care of themselves right which is so mm-hmm, important
0: mm-hmm, right
2: mm-hmm. so they're lovely lovely places
0: yeah very good
1: so jody i have to ask you how are you able to distance yourself emotionally at the end of the day when you go home from such an emotionally charged experience
2: yeah so i've I, i've heard a lot from that my kids right away were the first like you know because i'm very easy i'm someone i'll tear i cry at movies and right emotional person but you know, he's explained if anytime if something is sad happens, it's okay to cry. That's very natural. And if this is a time, right, to be emotional, this is it. But also realizing because I know this is like, it's a field, it's something I've chosen to do. So I'm not completely personally invested, right? I don't take everything personal. So I can leave the end of the day and realize hopefully did the best I could, right? Hope they feel a little bit more comforted and supported. And there's lots. Of, I've also, also been always been really good in my previous career of coming back and trying to separate yourself and just like reading and walking, having a bath. Like I'm okay making me time. You know, I know like how to uh, come home and find things that are just for me. And I'm okay to tell friends and family if I need support or if I just want to be alone for a bit. Right? Like I just want to don't come into the bathroom for two hours. You know, I've got the candles and the bubble bath going, everything. Right? You, you find your ways and. And that's the most important thing for also we tell the family and the caregivers that take care of yourself first. Right. Because, you no, you're no good to anyone else if you're o- overwhelmed, which is, of course, sure. inevitable. But I'm mm-hmm. right? sure you're eating and getting a bit of exercise, fresh air. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it all it all helps.
1: So are you towards the end? Are you on call?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I can also explain, cause I've, you know, we have got other things that could be going on. You just always be open in front with the families. Like from this, you know, this day I've, I've, I've got a previous commitment, if it's an appointment or something with the family, right. Just let them know. And you try and work that flow because they set some boundaries at the beginning as well saying, you know, I can't just you have a quick question or someone needs a Tylenol, right. Like I try and give them the tools. They're able to make decisions on their own and they can reach me when I can reach me. But of course it's going to be those times when, it's not expected or it's an odd time of day. And that's fine. Like it comes with the role. hmm right. Yeah, you can't plan mm-hmm. for everything. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I've got one that just came to me while you were talking there. Um I, I you can hear from my accent, I haven't been in Canada all my life. I grew up in Africa and in part of Africa that was quite violent, went through a terrorist war and and was accustomed to a lot of sudden death. I once went to four funerals in one week, for example. And, and we seem to have a much more, I don't know what it is, um, acceptance of, of death than, than I find in North America. And I'm not knocking North America, don't get me wrong. But I find here people, you mentioned earlier, people don't like the word death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was brought up he- Died, she died. No, they didn't pass away. They died. That was it. You know. So I notice it's it's a lot treated a lot more softly here. Do you notice a big difference in the way people approach death from the different cultures that you are probably exposed to?
2: Yes, definitely, definitely. You okay. can tell, like, like it's the most again, like, like North American. Like some people are even just comfortable coming to visit their family members they haven't seen for a while, and it's like. Mm-hmm go in and sit with them and hold their hand where other cultures they want to, you know, they want to wash the body. And you know what I mean? There's a lot of like ceremonies and things that they're very comfortable with and they're expected to do when they've grown up with it. Mm-hmm. So, and it's lovely to see like, you know, a lot of learn, like it's, it's, it's amazing. And that's how it should be. Right. It's, it's a part of life that's going to happen. Right. Like of talking about it, planning for, you know, what, what would that person like to see when that happens? Who do they want around them to do some maybe intimate care and stuff and let them make that decision. But yeah, here it's very much we like I said we hide people away a lot of the times and it's such mm-hmm. hush. And what did I hear in the states that there's over 70 million people will be seniors in the next couple of years? And right, there's a chunk of them in care, a chunk of them don't have their own kids, right? Who's going to be taking yep. care of them? And yeah, it's it's a scary time. So any conversations you can have about it prior are all you know all so necessary. Like I even have there is a um, a card deck called the it's just the death game of card deck that I brought out with my kids and at first are mortified, But at the end, you have fun. It's like, who would you, all kind of random questions, you know, who would you want to be singing the song or who would you not want to be there? Do you want the pets there? Do you not want the pets? Like, you know, and then you, and then they can grow into bigger conversations and it's very, it's a very natural conversation that mm-hmm. happens and it's, yeah, there's no mm-hmm. reason not
0: to. Do you find that the older generations, are better prepared materially um they have their affairs tidied up better than than younger people or not necessarily
2: well yeah mainly i just haven't had a lot of experience with the younger generations who are at that stage in life so because that's more like a sudden thing right there's not they don't really reach out because you can't really plan the sudden right sure
0: sure so yeah i I just case i just got to relate very quickly the case of my my mother who died 10 years ago at the age of 90 and she was in England and I'd visited her just before a few months, a few weeks before she died. And then I left and my brother and his daughters looked after her. And when I was there, she said, you don't have to worry. Everything's prepared Uh, Mm -hmm. in this envelope is all the name of a list of accounts and emails and phone numbers and passwords. And she had everything worked out. So when she died, that, It was really easy for them. They just went through the list and bang, 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 done, you know. And this is who you've got to contact. So they found that very easy. And I I would hope I would leave my kids with something as simple as well, you know. So here's one for you. What's one word of advice you'd have for a family member who's suddenly diagnosed with a terminal illness?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, that's hard. There's some things you want to reassure them with. But I think the big thing is a lot of people think once someone appears to be sleeping all the time, they're not really aware or know, but they can still hear you. There's times mm-hmm. you play a certain song and a little smile comes on their face, right? So talk to them. Just keep talking. They know you're there. Tell them things that if you want it, you need to forgive them for something. Tell them you're thankful you know, for them being in your lives. Tell them how much you love them. Like Keep talking and telling them these things. They'll hear you.
0: Yeah. Mm, that's that's good. And again, I know with my mother when she was uh in hospital and I phoned and she couldn't talk to anybody, but they put one of their kids put the phone next to her and I, I spoke to her and they said she definitely reacted, you know. So mm-hmm. you're quite right. People can can understand. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well that's that's interesting. Thanks mm-hmm. for that. Kathleen, back to you.
1: So, so Jody, how do people contact you and what areas uh, are you servicing?
2: Yeah, so I'm in the Cambridge area, but I'm also okay to, you know, expand that a bit. And, you know, we're also tightly close, like, like to Waterloo, even Hamilton, Kitchener, Guelph areas, right? So those are all totally region I would go to. I have, um, my website is uh, all one word, com. Okay, and you can also find me on uh, Facebook under Peace of uh, Sorry Peace of Mind End of Life
1: Doula Services, Peace of Mind End of Life Services, Doula Services, Doula Services. Okay, yeah. we will make note of that. And uh, my goodness, thank you so very much for being on the show today. We so appreciated oh. having you, Jody. That's and, great. Uh, I'm
2: very honored. Yeah. yeah. To uh-huh. share this thing with you <clears throat> very you. important very yeah.
0: important service definitely and, and again from my background closer families closer communities i can having been exposed to the north american way of life for nearly 20 years now i can see why people need your services here i definitely can so good job you're doing thank you very much jody Appreciate yes. it.
1: thank you and thank you again for tuning into our show and until next time take care everyone bye-bye
0: bye Wow.